This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our truth. Episode 457. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts. Oh, come on. Do I really have to read this? Solving all your problems and making your dreams come true. Keith Heltsley and Nathan Caldwell. Okay, everybody, that is correct. Uh, this is your host, Keith, and it's time for Quest for Truth. And did I hear that guy right? <laughs> Making all your dreams come true. Now, we're not going to do that today. We're going to try to uh, answer some questions. So maybe uh, that's part of that. <laughs> we'll have Nathan Caldwell here. It's going to be a, a bit of a longer episode, as it turns out. Uh, so I'll keep her remarks here short. Uh, we have a total of, I think, around seven questions I managed to dig up. And we're going to take turns doing our best shot to uh, respond uh, and give a, what we think, at least, is some pretty solid uh, answers. They let us know. You can always uh, drop us a line, call us our voicemail, uh, all that stuff you'll find out at the end of the show. So stay tuned to the end and uh, let us no, give us some feedback. Hey, but for now, here are uh, some good folks there at the Christian Podcast Community.com. There's a whole plethora of excellent podcasters who were there. I lost count. I don't have that many fingers and toes to add them all up. A lot of great theology, a lot of great Bible teaching. Uh, you know, I just have uh, so much to listen to. When you visit uh, ChristianPodcastCommunity.com, and you'll hear some people who sound like these people right here. Are you living an abundant life? Jesus came to give us eternal life, yes, but also an abundant life here and now, overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit. The Abundant Life Podcast encourages and challenges Christians to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. Podcast hosts Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano discuss various topics that are helpful for Christians and true to the scripture and bring a generous dose of humor. Visit AbundantLife.fm and subscribe to get notified of each new episode. That's AbundantLife.fm. Commands of Christ, presented by Nathan Caldwell. Keeping the commandments of Jesus, it's simple yet profound, but Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's, it's simple, but think about it for a minute. People say, oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but are you doing what Jesus wants you to do? Are you following the will of God as stated in the Bible. Because, uh, Keith, there are a lot of people now that claim to love Jesus, but there are certain verses in the Bible that make them uh, uncomfortable. Another thing is, and the way I said that before um, was more directed at others, but I think it should also be directed internally. Um, do I love Christ? Am I talking about myself and others need to ask themselves the question am i keeping his commandments how much do i really love christ and do we ever love him enough no but i'm telling you we need to self-check quite often that was commands of christ presented by nathan caldwell quest for truth now located at life-truth.com. The good news is Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks 
teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting scripture. The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 29:11 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area. Main topic. The first question. I could not understand, so I'm going to skip it. There may be a typo there that prevents me from understanding it. Hold on a minute. Hold on. What would you say to him, David? All I said was... Right. Say it right. What do you hate most about woke people? Uh, we'll see if Nathan can get back to this later. But if not, here's my answer to that. Uh, it's a bad question. It's a very short question. But it presumes some things. It presumes that uh, I hate somebody or something. And um, how do you know what I hate? Or I don't hate, for starters. And let's go with that. Why do I hate? Uh, you're, you're asking it like it's not okay to hate something. Uh, I hate uh, probably lots of things. You're right there. Uh, but let's keep it within the realms of, uh, you know, Scripture. You know, in the Psalms, one of the psalmists in there, probably King David, says, I hate what God hates. No, you're saying, wait a minute. God is love, right? That's what everybody says. God is love. How do you have God is love and how God hates something? Well, people forget love is only one of God's attributes. He has other attributes, uh, among which is wrath. Uh, and how do we know uh, what God hates? The things that make him wrathful, which would be things that are unjust things that are sin, things that are immoral. Uh, these things are things that we hate. Now, I once did a word study for you know, verses that contained both the words God and hate in the same location to each other. And what I found is never once in the Bible does it say God hates people. God doesn't hate people. What he does hate is sin. There specifically, there's a verse that says God hates divorce. So whenever you say, why do I hate a person? I don't hate people. And God doesn't hate people. None of us should hate people. We're all made in God's image. But you, you include the, the modifier, the adjective, woke. Uh, now, define woke. What does that mean? Does that mean... Uh, being rebellious to God, then sure, then I would hate the woke part of that. Uh, I hate the uh, descriptor. I hate the attitude. I hate the uh, uh, the moral part of that, if wokeness is immoral. Now, I've heard people say, oh, wokeness, it just means uh, trying to be aware of where someone comes from. And I, I like that. Uh, definition, but unfortunately, that's not the uh, definition that people have pressed onto that word. When people refer to something being woke, uh, they refer to it as being very liberal, very progressive, very open to your own sensualities. And a person who's open to their own sensualities, that's the definition of a sin, because you're putting your own self and sensualities first. If that's what you mean by woke, I really have a better definition of what you mean by that before I can give you a better answer than that. So, now, don't mess up any more questions, and let's continue on. The next question is... Am I wrong to believe that homosexuality is unnatural? <clears throat> no, I wouldn't say you're wrong to believe that. Um, I think that Romans 1... Uh, very uh, 
explicitly tells us that uh, homosexuality is not natural. Um, let's see. Let's open up Logos here. Switch over to Romans 1. Let's start with verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, God makes himself known in creation. Uh, there's no reason that they should not be able to identify him in some way. 21, verse 21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and then they went into idolatry. Um, uh, I mean, this is going on today. This was written over a thousand years ago, but this is going on today. Still. Uh, I, I have, I would have more to mention, but it's not really uh, related to the question asked. So, Wherefore God, verse 24, gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Notice it says, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. That that comes into play here in a moment. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, when you think about serving the creature more than the creator, a lot of times you think about the animals and, 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 and things like that. And sure enough, you look at organizations that, that just go overboard with uh, you know, protecting animals and it's like eating meat is evil and this, that, and the other. And God gave that to us. That's a whole other topic. But they're serving the creature more than the creator. But I tell you something else I've noticed. Man likes to serve himself an awful lot over God. And we are also that creation of God. Now, we have an eternal aspect to us that animals don't have, but, but we're the created beings, and we serve ourselves quite well. Now, look at verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, and burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And and it goes on, but <clears throat> I think that answers the question. Yeah, no, it's not natural. Uh, you're, you're not wrong to think homosexuality is not natural. The Bible says it's not natural. I, I really believe creation says it's not natural. Common sense says it's not natural. A man with a man can't reproduce. A woman with a woman cannot reproduce. A man with a woman can reproduce. And I don't want to go into further detail than that because it just becomes not not bad, but not appropriate for certain ages. Uh, I would agree that you are not wrong if you say homosexuality is not natural. Uh, you are absolutely correct on that. Uh, one go-to illustration that I come up with is if you, if I was to give you uh, a cord for, say, my TV set, and I say, could you plug this in for me so I can turn my TV on? And then you take it to the outlet and you see uh, 
the you know little openings so you can plug something into it and get electricity. And you look at the plug, and it also has two little openings. Uh, how are you going to make it work? Likewise, if you have the plug and this looks normal, it has the two prongs hanging out, and you go to the wall, and the outlets will have prongs hanging out. Uh, you might do better. You can touch the prongs together and you're going to get electricity, but it won't be a good connection. It's going to cause a lot of sparks and the fire hazard. Uh, and you have to hold it there the whole time. It's just not natural. Now, somebody might argue and say, yeah, but an electric socket's a man-made thing. It's not a natural thing. And where does that occur in nature? Well, I'm not a biologist. In fact, biology was probably one of my worst uh, topics. I never really studied it much. But I do know enough to understand that even in the plant world, uh, you go to any tree, any flower, any plant, there is a male component and a female component. You have a male component that fertilizes the female component, but through pollen or through, I'm not, again, not a biologist, but but it's, it's natural. It has to have both a male and a female component. And if you want to go point to Scripture, Genesis 1, it talks about God made man, meaning mankind, male and female, meaning the male of the species and the female of the species. And he continues on. The land animals are made that way. All the birds of the air are made that way. Uh, and then you produce after its own kind. A man and a woman is not going to produce a zebra or a flower <laughs> or anything else. They're going to reproduce a human being. Uh, that That's the natural order. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Uh, it's the natural way. And some people can say, oh, yeah, but don't you think that uh, a homosexual couple might be just as well good of a parent as anybody else? Well, this, this is a whole different question. But again, I would say, well... No. Uh, they may be, uh, in some cases, uh, just as well. But it won't be a complete natural unit, a male and a female. A child uh, grows best when it has it, when he or she, the child, has a father and a mother. It doesn't have to be the natural father or mother. Uh, but a child develops best when it has a male component to pattern after, and a female component to pattern after. This is a natural order. And some someone may say, "Oh, yeah, but uh, I have a couple of lesbian friends, and they have kids." Or you have two male uh, homosexual friends, and they have kids. Uh, that's fine, but I'll, I can guarantee that those kids did not come from that partner. They came from uh, interchange with someone of the opposite sex. Someone of the opposite gender, you might say, although gender is kind of one of those complicated words by our society today. Uh, but it takes opposite sex. It takes one of each. That's the natural order. But and so you can't say, well, no, no, my my um, lesbian friends, they didn't uh, uh, do it that way. Uh, this is their first marriage. They never uh, had anybody else. And they had their own kids. And I would still say it involves a male component. Somebody had to provide uh, the seed to impregnate that woman. She had to go to a doctor. There was a huge, huge medical expense. There was a, a lot of office visits, repeat office visits, uh, just so that an artificial insemination could take place. Uh, when... It's natural to not have to do that. Now, some women, if you're married and you and you find yourself you're, you're barren, it would be the biblical word for it, or the male uh, is out of trouble. Well, this is a whole different story. This is the beauty of medical science, and I'm glad that it exists for couples who want to have children and otherwise can't. That's great. But it's not intended so that two Mr. Gay guys or two Miss Gay women uh, want to have kids just because they want to have kids and they don't want to get involved with the messy act of making them with the opposite sex. Uh, but that's that's the natural 
is the natural order. Uh, and you are not wrong to say it is not natural. And that's what I have to say about that. Let's keep on going here. Next one. Why are Republicans so full of pride over being white? A couple thoughts come to mind here. <clears throat> I read this question yesterday and, and was thinking over it. I don't know that they are because I have never heard a Republican say, I am so proud of being white. I've never heard them say that, that if they have, I, I would like to know, I would like to see it. And I'd like to wonder what in the world's going on there. Uh, and, and listen, there are some people that are a little too over, you know, conscious on, on, on their race and, and, and racial superiority. And, and this mess is, it's a mess is what it is. There are people like that. I've driven through a town. I won't mention the name of the town, but you look at the signs and billboards in the town and you think these guys are a little too, well, I guess you could say proud of being white. I, I don't know that I want to say that because here's the thing about that is it's okay for any other people to be proud of their heritage. And that's not wrong. And yet, you know, you look at being white and, and there's something wrong with, you know, uh, I think pride is a dangerous thing anyway. Okay. Uh, pride can go in the wrong direction. And you know what happened to Satan with pride? He fell from heaven because he tried to basically overtake the throne. Um, so pride is a dangerous thing anyway. And, and there's, Two, you know, two, two or more definitions of pride. One is you're you're full of yourself and you think you're too much. You know, if you if that's what you're going to, yeah, you, you messed up. But then there's the other about you know being proud of your culture, and I'm not sure that's a bad thing. You're just uh, it's it's almost you're showing gratitude for it, and you're glad from where you came from. And I don't have a problem with that because everyone else does that too. It's when you think you or your people are better than everyone else, that's when I have a problem. But the question, why are Republicans so full of pride over being white, makes an assumption that this is a, a true thing that I have not seen any, uh, any proof of. So I'm going to say I have no proof that they are full of pride over being white. I don't have any proof. And, and here's another thing that also almost, almost begs the, the thought that, that all Republicans are white. That's not true either. Um, if I remember correctly, the first black people who served in Congress were, were Republican because the Democrats didn't want nothing to do with them. Uh, that's something you'll have to research in history yourself. But I tell you something, wall builders and, and, you know, people like that will give you some great, great insight on history, even when it comes to those aspects. This question, what was the question again? Why are Republicans so full of pride over being white? <laughs> okay. That question. Okay, uh, this is off of a, a, a bulletin board that deals a lot with social issues. Uh, Republicans don't have the handle on being pride over, prideful over anything, let alone being white. Uh, you could ask the same thing of Democrats. You could ask the same thing of any demographic group. Why are you so proud of being white? Uh, Republicans aren't all entirely white. I think Nathan made that point. In fact, uh, historically, Republicans was the party of black people. It wasn't until probably uh, the, the 60s before uh, a lot of black people started being associated with the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party was, you know, the Southern Democrat was the epitome, the ideal of what Democrats are all about. Um, 
And honestly, hey, you know what? I would be a Democrat if Democrats actually held uh, my mostly conservative values. I say mostly because I'm probably more to the left on that spectrum than anywhere. And, uh, you know, I grew up <clears throat> with farmers. And I, they would always say, I'll, I'll vote for any party. I vote for the guy who's going to stand up for the farmer and the blue-collar worker. And they used to be Democrats. But somehow in the last 50 or so years, it's not entirely true. Um, and uh, th there's not been a, a, a shift per se, uh, but there has been a departure. Uh, you know, Ronald Reagan, when he uh, ran for office as a Republican, because he had a Democrat, uh, he's made the remark that he didn't leave the Democratic Party. The party left him because they started drifting so far uh, to the left towards that wacko uh, progressive area. Uh, so let's, if we're going to make it a political parties, well, let's we can talk about that a little bit. Uh, and again, neither party has holds a monopoly on the being proud. Uh, or overall being a white. In fact, white people, if you ask them if they're proud of their whiteness, they'll probably tell you no. Because for white people, that's not an issue. Uh, it's, it's never been an issue for me. I've never heard of such a thing, uh, unless it was in the realm of racism. Uh, of course, you have old-timey groups like the KKK were all about racism and uh, white pride. But what they were really concerned about was conservative values that, and family values and heritage values that they didn't want to see go away. And they, in my opinion, wrongly felt that their uh, customs of what they knew, their traditions of what they knew uh, were being taken away by you know the freed slaves uh, again I said that's wrongly because that's really not the case there's enough freedom in America for all to be free no matter what your uh, hue or tint or color of your skin might be uh, there's enough room for everybody uh, and so uh, if you're just going to focus on the word pride I think again Nathan put it well uh, pride comes before the fall. You got your nose in the air, your head in the clouds. You're not going to see the stumbling blocks on the ground that's going to trip you up. Pride comes before a fall. Uh, you, just when you think you got it all together, you're going to be taken down. It's never prideful to be prideful over anything. Now, there is a, a sense that we use the word proud, like I'm proud of you. I'm proud to know you. Uh, I'm proud you won the ball game, son. What I'm, I'm not saying that I had anything to do with it. I'm just saying it's an honor to know you. It's an honor to meet you. It's, I'm you know, blessed that you won that ball game. Uh, and so there's a sense that we use the word pride for that. Um, so are you saying that I'm honored by being white? I'm blessed by being white? Well, um, I'm only blessed by being white if you think I am. <laughs> if that's what you think, uh, is uh, to me it's had a, a thought. It reminds me of you know politics in America. Are, are we live in a uh, you know a democracy, sure, but a republic is a form of a democracy. Uh, but the power is in the people. We the people vote the people in. Uh, the president, uh, he is. We are his boss. He is not our boss. And we only. He only has the power that we, the people, give to him. And so, if you're going to be uh, comparing this to anything, uh, I only have the the pride of my whiteness because you give it to me. And if you don't like it, then that's fine. Then don't give it to me. Um, I'll still be white. And I still still will be not proud. <laughs> I'll still be humbled, uh, regardless if you think I am or not. But I'll still be white, and you'll still be whatever color you are. And why can't we just uh, 
work past that. If that's all you see is is shades of skin tone, uh, then it seems to me that the person who uh, is that way is the one who is the uh, the racist, the one who uh, is prideful over their skin tone, uh, and and it also this question also reeks of um, projection. You're projecting onto me what you feel about yourself, and I. And I wish you wouldn't do that. I, I, I wish you would learn to love yourself or, or le- learn to love yourself as God loves you <laughs> because it'll balance things out. If you can see life uh, through the, the lens uh, of what God sees, uh, it'll, it, you won't have this projection issue and thinking that I am something that you are. Um, I, I mean, that's it, and kind of bluntly right there. But anyway, let's um, continue on here. Next question. Why is freedom of speech not respected as a right on most platforms? If I understand the question correctly, most platforms are privately owned. Meaning that a lot of times they can censor whatever they want to censor. All right. This actually is a pretty easy question about freedom of speech on platforms. Uh, a platform is just like a bulletin board. I mean, anybody can hire a bulletin board to put any message out there. Uh, a platform is owned by the company. It's a private company, and the private company uh, can reject your speech if they want. Uh, how dare they do that? <laughs> but think of this. I mean, we are part of the Christian podcast community, uh, which is restrictive. You need to apply. You need to be vetted. You need to uh, pass muster on their standards. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to be on the platform. You won't have a podcast in their community. Uh, and if you have the platform, you get to say, who it is, uh, who, who gets in to that platform. Now, if you have something that's relatively open, say like Facebook or Twitter or uh, MySpace, <laughs> you're, you're purposely opening up a platform to the public, the public at large, the general public. And what you do is you make the, your money the customer customer becomes the, the product and you sell advertising to those people. And so, hey, why wouldn't you want to have the widest platform possible uh, so you can have the widest advertising base out there? Uh, and so I think whenever platforms censor uh, the media, it, it really uh, hurts them you know, financially. Uh, but they do have the right to do that if they just suddenly decide uh, they want to get all so um, what's the word the fake morality stuff if they want to want to pretend uh, to go along with stuff then they can limit you and now uh, if they get pressured by the government and says hey you need to silence that guy well now that's wrong uh, there is a proper way to do that. Uh, if if I had a platform, let's say I had a server, and I let people put web pages on it, and uh, everyone's obeying the law, I don't care what you put out there. Uh, even if I don't agree with it, I'm opening up for that. I'm selling you space so I can make money off of your weird ideas. But let's say somebody is breaking the law, and let's say uh, the police come knocking on my door and say, here's a subpoena. We need to see your servers. I'll say, okay, there you go. But but if they didn't have the subpoena and they said, hey, uh, let us have your info, I would say, oh, heck no. No, no, no. You're not going to see my customer's info, even the ones I don't like. But if they have the legal subpoena, then that's a different story. So if the government is going to subpoena a public platform, well, that's one thing. But in this country, it's against the law to do that. That breaches the First Amendment. And But in this country, 
uh, it seems that the government has pressured platforms. If the platform's complying, it's on them. And it's up to you or me, the customer, to complain about that to the platform. And they, uh, depends on the size of the platform, you're going to get very far. But those are some thoughts I have about that. You know, is it right? Is it wrong? Um, you know, if you take, if the, you know, these days, you know, the digital world is the public square. And so it is uh, sad to see that that is being censored and limited. Uh, but there are outlets. Things are changing. Uh, there are platforms who do allow that. You know, Twitter, now that it's called X, uh, is actually, uh, people call it a dumpster fire. I've not really noticed any changes at all. It works just the same as it always did. The only thing I notice is people I follow, I actually see their posts. For a while, a lot of people I follow, it's like, where'd they go? Did they leave? But now that... Uh, the new ownership is in place. I'm actually seeing a lot of stuff that I really care about and I'm interested in and not garbage that I'm not. Dang, uh, I wish all the platforms would be that way. But um, uh, again, you know, it's it's a private sector. And if they choose to change who they let in, it's on them. It's just uh, sad that they feel obligated to cave to the government without properly being uh, subpoenaed and legally requested for records and such. But anyway, that's why I have on that one. Next question. You just been elected president. It is your first day in office. What's the first thing you would do? What kind of executive orders would be on your agenda? Oh, I like this one. This is good. <clears throat> I think probably the first thing I would do was take all the laws that have been enacted and signed and, and are, are currently laws regarding uh, immigration and um, crossing the border, uh, things of this nature, and just simply start to enforce them again um, for the safety of our country. doesn't make people from other countries bad. Although there are some that are bad because there's some that are bad in our own country. What it does, though, is it goes back to, okay, there are legal ways to get in. Even if you're being um, oh, uh, oppressed by another uh, government, you can call, uh, ask for political asylum. There are ways to get in legally uh, regardless of the situation. And I think we should be using those instead of just breaking in. Because, I mean... You wouldn't want somebody to just to break into your house, regardless of the reason. You really wouldn't want that. Um, and I don't think we need to want it either. And I think another thing is, if sanctuary cities are violating the law, if they are, I think they might be, but I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to claim that they are without doing more research. But if they are, then I think that even they should be prosecuted. What I'm saying is, as president, I would say, let's vote, not vote, let's, uh, let's start enforcing the laws we have on the books. We don't need new laws, we just need to enforce the ones we have. Okay. <laughs> okay. First day as president. Okay. Um, the president has a lot of executive power, and I think, Nathan, you made an excellent point, is we have policies in place, uh, just put them back in effect. Uh, it seems I've heard recently that people on the border, border agents say, we don't need a, any more money. All we need to do is enforce the policies we already have. So I would absolutely uh, uh, do that. That would ensure that policies were uh, adhered to when it comes to the southern border. Uh, and I'd be tempted, oh, so tempted, to militarize the border, uh, even the northern border for that matter. Uh, it's set a limit of, say, within five miles of a authorized uh, processing station. It is all on <laughs> the... Uh, the border patrol and everything else is open military patrol. 
but this is the wild fantasy. Uh, uh, in other words, sick the military out there to take care of the coyotes and have open season on coyotes. Uh, but that's uh, wishful thinking. But what I, I think I would do is I would totally defund all uh, abortion uh, funding for the clinics. Uh, there, there needs to be zero funding for that. Uh, if states, because of Roe v. Wade being repealed, it's on the states. If states have medical, well, I, I wouldn't be able to stop that, I don't think. But I would highly recommend that it gets defunded all the way down the chain. Uh, and if, if they want to operate, uh, sh- I would uh, uh, highly stress to insurance companies and treat it as an elective surgery or an elective procedure, uh, much the same way as plastic surgery, much the same way as dental, much the same way as eyeglasses. That's not always covered. And sometimes you have to have special insurances just to cover those areas that you pay extra for. If that's what you want to do, I mean, I, I, if I was to be elected a moral emperor of the world, I would say, oh, absolutely none. Uh, but as realistically as an office like the president, I would at least defund all that. And if uh, people want it badly, they'll have to pay for it out of their pocket, not on the government dime. Uh, that would be one major thing. I would also sign whatever order it would take to get the, the gas pumping again, get the pipelines that were interrupted back out there. And I would highly encourage Congress to uh, encode something uh, to enforce that. Because, hey, if I'm only going to be president for uh, four years or eight years, uh, that needs to be set a little more concrete stone than the wave of a presidential pen. Uh, those projects need to be completed. Uh, but anyway, there's a couple ideas I would have on that. Uh, I don't have a lot else to comment on that. It's just a fun question. Next question. Why should I respect the LGB plus community when they disrespect my religion on a daily basis? Respect the individuals, not the ideas. Um, I could respectfully disagree. Now, there are going to be some that will call this something to the effect of oppression by ideology. You can't do that. That's not a thing, not really. I can disagree with someone. I'm not. I'm, this is this is American. Last I checked, we have a we have the freedom to disagree with each other. We're not going to agree on everything. I can respectfully disagree, but I need to do it in kindness and love. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to be brief on this one. Uh, respecting one people group doesn't matter what the label is or they don't respect me. Well, the thing to do um, on a personal scale, they say if you get two kids that don't get along, you put them in the same room and let them duke it out. Uh, They become their own punishment. But that's not going to work on this kind of a scale. Uh, There's another uh, solution where you have two kids who need to cooperate and you say, well, what would Jesus do? And, and the idea is to get one to be gracious towards the other. Um, and sometimes that doesn't work out well either because if you have a people group with an ideology you don't agree with, like the LGB, uh, etc. agenda, you need to be careful. You don't I mean, you want to be gracious, but you also don't want to be condoning. Uh, so you can be gracious to a point until uh, you start to cave in to that sinful part of it. And, hey, you know, if you can take the upper hand in grace, and if the people are serious about it and respond in kind, well, you got progress. Uh 
but I can see it happening where you are gracious, but you're being rejected or you're being uh, demanded more of. Uh, in that case, you just have to know when to walk away. Uh, uh, it's, it's kind of rough because if you want to have a resolution over this and let's say just walk away, well, maybe this other group, again, I'm not going to put a label. The, the question dealt with the LGB, but you can put any any label there. Uh, I mean, they may get all playing the activist card. They may get the upper hand politically. So you do need to still stay in the fight with that. Uh, but you don't need to cave in, and you certainly don't need to condone, uh, but you don't need to disrespect either. Well, let's move on along. The last one. How do conservatives know that colleges and professors are brainwashing people to be liberal, and it's not that educated people reject conservatism and choose to be liberal? Well, that's a good question. I don't know that I do know for a fact that this is happening. I believe that regardless of their motives, uh, some uh, very anti-Bible stuff are being taught in the colleges. Um, do educated people reject conservatism and choose to be liberal? Conservatism. Let's let's just let's just go right to the point, folks. We're in a culture war. It's God and the Bible versus sin in the world. The colleges, many of them are against Christianity. Some are not, but many are. I'm not concerned about conservative or liberal. Now I'm concerned about the choices you make or the choices I make. The policies placed. Yeah, but I, I'm not concerned with the label. I'm concerned with is what is being taught or is what is being, what is the word? What is being prescribed or, or praised? There we go. Is that in line or against? the Bible, and God's Word. When you teach evolution as fact, when it is still just a theory, I have a problem with that. When you claim there is no God, But you have not searched for him, or if you have searched for him, you have not searched everywhere because there's no way you could search everywhere. Therefore, you cannot know there is no God. So when you make that claim, I have a problem with that. I believe that there is evidence to proclaim that there is a God. I, I see creation all around me, and I see that there's a God. I read the Bible, and I see that, and even when we look at history, we see that God, through the person of Jesus Christ, His Son, visited us and told us that He was the only way to follow God. So whether it's public schools or colleges or, or whatever. And listen, I'm not saying that public schools and colleges ought to go all out and become Christian schools and, and just teach that side. Of, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is we need to be careful when we start proclaiming fact the things that we do not really know for sure about. And I don't know if somebody's saying, well, you Christians do it all the time. 
Well, we've seen the evidence, and we made a conclusion, just like everybody else in the world. I might uh, read this again here. How do conservatives know that colleges and professors are brainwashing people? It's a two-part question. Uh, we'll get the rest of it in a second. But how do conservatives, meaning politically conservative, uh, how do we know that they're brainwashing people? Well, I suppose you don't know that they're brainwashing people. I mean, what does that mean anyway? They've attached students to electrodes. Uh, I, I doubt that. But pro professors are very influ influential in uh, cramming things in the, in the minds and uh, influencing people on how to think and act and behave. Uh, and, and we do see evidence of a different caliber of a student who's graduating today over the past decade or so than we did 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Uh, and what we seem to be finding is colleges are full of a lot of activists and activism, and there seems to be a lot of support for causes that are anti-American, uh, not that graduates are always pro-American, but but you can still graduate and love your country with the understanding that this is a good place to, to live and thrive and raise a family. There's a lot of uh, benefit uh, handed down, uh, an opportunity handed down just because of the fact we're born here in this country. Uh, and students who graduate today don't seem to have any idea of what America is all about. Um, but the point there is, uh, how do we know they're being brainwashed? Well, like I said, brainwashed might be the wrong word to use there. But they're, they're not being taught to be uh, loyal to their country. They're being taught that their country uh, is anything but, uh, that the country is corrupt. Uh, and like anything, you can go to any country around the globe and you're going to find corruption. You're going to find things aren't don't meet the ideal, don't meet the norm. They never have, really. But out of all the countries on the planet over the last couple of centuries, uh, the the American project has been the best and most durable and the one that most countries try to be like. There's that. Now, this is also talking about, you know, conservatism as opposed to liberalism. And uh, how do we know that it's, it's brainwashing and not the fact they're educated you choose to be liberal? Well, by definition, the liberal arts education does just that. It teaches you how to be liberal. Uh, the education itself teaches you how to uh, learn about new things, expand your horizons, and so forth. Uh, and that's what should be being done, is to uh, get you to learn more uh, from a different vantage point that you wouldn't have had if you would have stayed back at square one. That's the purpose of it. But the, but the purpose of that liberal mindset should be to continue uh, building strong growth not creating activists to tear things down. And if you want to say, oh, my liberal education has taught me uh, there is no God or there is uh, whatever way. I, th I think Nathan put it well, uh, talking about the foolishness of men uh, is wisdom to God and the wisdom of men is foolishness to God. Because, see, it is pretty uh, foolish uh, to have uh, the Savior of the world come as a, a vulnerable little baby. <laughs> it is foolishness to, uh, in the prime of his life, uh, be killed. It is, it is foolishness to know that uh, he rose from the dead. That's awfully silly. People die all the time when they don't come back. But that should also be profound. It should be worthy of looking into what 
was different. Why was he able to do that? Well, because he was God in the flesh. Well, that's another mind-blowing thing. You can get off your high-minded horse. Um, is people who are more up the scale tend to be more liberal. But in America, even uh, conservatives are liberal, really, uh, because in America, it's all about personal freedom, personal liberty. We are, we're all about liberty. The conservatives is about preserving uh, liberty to do what they want to do. Uh, being, uh, you might say it's libertarian, uh, which as a political party, I'm not entirely for. <laughs> but I get their, what's, what the appeal is there. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of a question that's very complex. It's very nuanced. It's a very good question. I like the question. We can dig into this quite a bit. But sometimes the conservative gets, gets uh, made fun of for asking a, a closed-minded question. And this one, to me, is, is also a little bit closed-minded uh, because it's trying to make it seem like if you're the elite person who's now a free thinker and so high-minded – and then you're closed-minded that maybe um, somebody less educated uh, might know stuff you don't. I know that to be true, too. Uh, I've seen it. <laughs> I know people who haven't been educated, but they're awful doggone smart. And I know people who are educated more than I am who seem to be awful not smart. I kind of feel like I'm running in circles back and forth with this, so... This I'll leave it. Did you know that Striving Fraternity provides speakers and seminars that we would come to your church and disciple your people? We have seminars on the Bible interpretation made easy, creation science, evangelism, presuppositional apologetics, even on sexual abuse. These are just some of the many things that we could provide for your church. Consider inviting one of our speakers to your church. You can contact us at speaker at strivingforeternity.org. I speak to parents all the time who come up to me and they see what's happening, but they don't know what to do. And I just want to stand up and say, you can do this. Here is a solution. This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Well, welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio, uh, uh, two weeks later. <laughs> Folks, thank you for being patient, and uh, we just want to continue to serve you and serve the uh, the Lord as much as we're able. Uh, reminder that we are part of the Christian Podcast Community. Certainly want you guys to check all the amazing programs out on that, uh, on that particular uh, group of podcasters. This is what happens when we're gone for two weeks. My wor my words don't want to work. Uh, so encourage you to go check that out. Encourage you to subscribe to slavetothekeng.com. That's our website where everything we do is updated. Folks, thank you for being with us. God bless you guys. We will see you next time. Trying to have some fun with those questions. Uh, we did our best. <laughs> we could try again if we need to clarify something, if we made a mistake or misspoke. Hey, please do let us know. Uh, we're all about uh, seeking the truth and you know, learning uh, what is real and what's true in our world. And I think addressing questions like these uh, helps at least us to understand. I hope it helps you understand too. Well, with all of that, we are going to be out of here. And here is our voice of the podcast, Anthony Russo, to tell you all about how you can find us on the web and contact us because we would love to hear from you. And once again, this is your host, Keith, saying, signing off. Thanks.
Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Visit life-truth.com, where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.